The podcast you are listening to of Holmberg's Morning Sickness is brought to you by my friends at Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat. Trust me on this one. You've had barbecue before, but you haven't had it this good. Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Eric'sFamilyBBQ.com. There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. This is 97.9 That is my promise to the people of KUPD that I will not at any point play money by Pink Floyd during this talk. <laughs> not one time. Come on, man. No, what my solemn promise. Uh, which one? Backstabbers? <laughs> oh, no, I will not play that either. Uh, the man is on the phone right now. His name is uh, Andrew Gauss, I believe is how you say it, yeah? Is that Goss. correct? Goss. Goss. Is it Goss? Goss. Yes. Andy, Andy Goss, are you there? I am indeed. Either Pink Floyd or the OJs. You, you'll go with either one. <laughs> are, you, are you about tired of that every time you're on a show? Oh, so, you know, I'm used to it. I think it's, uh, I like, I prefer the OJs. Though. You like the OJs yeah, over yeah, Pink Floyd? Uh, of course, that the cash register in Pink Floyd, man, there's just no comparison. <laughs> yeah, when you're talking about stuff you find at a grocery store in songs, yeah. You're not going to beat the Pink Floyd fan. No, would, would you hang up if they started off with a little Joel Gray? No, no, no. Money makes the world go round. Yeah, right. You are everywhere right now. And uh, in all fairness, I heard you on a, on a different show that has a different audience. And I saw you on TV, and I'm seeing you all over the place. With all this money stuff, you're kind of, uh, in, a, in a very strange way, like money Paul Revere. I'm getting my 15 minutes, as Andy Warhol said. You are. It is. And it's kind of one of those things where, do you want it? Well, I think that this is an important issue, and for myself, I mean, I'd love to put the be the unknown comic. Uh, <laughs> but in reality, we need to talk about how we issue our money. Everyone's talking about bailouts and nationalizing uh, uh, banks and such. No one's talking about where money comes from. And, and where it, does it come from? It comes from a privately owned bank. The Federal Reserve Bank of New York is the primary issuer of money in this country. And it's literally as if McDonald's decided to hand out dough. Yeah, and and give them the you know exclusive power to hand out money, you, you rule out Burger King and Wendy's. You know, McDonald's is the only one that can create and issue money. Now, tell me why that's a bad thing. I'm, well, a, I'm an idiot. It's a bad thing because we never audit those guys. One, two, but more importantly, we, if we have the power to issue money and we delegate it to a private bank, then that puts us in this position. When we need more money than we take in in the form of taxes, and and uh, we issue a bond. Mm-hmm. We hand that bond over to the Federal Reserve Bank. They create the money and loan it back to us at interest. So why do we need a middleman in there? I mean, so, wait, I pay taxes to you, which is yeah. for me because I'm completely retarded. I pay taxes to you, but you need more than I can give you. So you go to another guy, or, right? Is that how that works? Well, that Let's assume, first of all, that I'm the, the fountainhead of money. Okay. I'm, I have a, a mint. I have a treasury. I have the ability to create money. Okay. But instead of creating the money, I, I've i got a magic checkbook, and every time <laughs> I write a check, people take the check. They don't cash it. They just save it like it's money. Instead of writing my own checks, I give my checkbook to my best friend and say, hey, you know, every time I need money, would you just write me a check and loan it to me? And he charges you for that. He charges me interest. Okay, so that's how our government money works. Yeah. 
Really? <laughs> and that's, that's well, what legitimate. Kind of, what kind of dough does a guy that runs the Federal Reserve make? Well, it's not so much the guy that runs the Federal Reserve. It's the owners of the Federal Reserve. You know, Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan, Citigroup. Goldman, by themselves, over the last 10 years, the top guys at Goldman divided $65 billion in bonuses. Wow. So, oh. you know, they make plenty buku bucks. Right. So how do you get that job? Because that sounds good to me. Well, yeah, and you know what? That that, that profit doesn't really exist. It, the only reason is it exists is because we we the people are stupid enough to pay interest on the national debt. If in fact the treasury had the power to issue money, there would be no interest due. So because we would just the first, yeah, like you said, we have a middleman. So how do we as people stop it? Well, you could tell your congressman, tell your senator. For but they're in on it. Exactly right. You unless you're a big contributor, they probably won't even listen to you. But I assure you of this. The owners of the Federal Reserve banks are the number one contributors to both political parties in every election. I'm so impressed. how do you how, you can't overcome their voice? It's just almost impossible. So in this, and with that being said, and we're having all these problems financially and stuff, why don't we just print so much money? We pay off all this. Well, that would be the ideal situation. See, this is how we fix it, right? We a nationalize the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, uh -huh. and then b issue the money directly to pay for all this stuff instead of borrowing. The money. Right, so we just fake it. Well, we're faking it anyway. Exactly. It's That's no I mean. less inflationary if the Federal Reserve Bank creates the money and loans it. The only difference is we pay those idiots interest. <laughs> so what's the what's the ultimate downside of this whole thing outside of financial thing? Like what what is in it for the government outside of massive? Because they're not making profits, are they? No, they're not. But I'll tell you what, it sure keeps the people in line. Uh, you know, anybody who has a job right now is grateful. So they're not complaining. Uh, they're not moaning and groaning. So. The seeds of revolution are sown in that kind of unrest and crisis, so it's in their best interest to get things back on a level keel, so we'll go back to watching Dancing with the Stars and football, <laughs> and we won't concern ourselves with money. And people are asking questions now that haven't been asked for 30 years, so we don't even want to talk about it. And you have a website people can go to to explain this is to me it's just fascinating because we're so I mean this this show is that we don't normally do talk about stuff like this but with everybody talking money yeah. we have a blue collar audience basically sure and and most people just have no clue I know and that's the sad part you know we we do know about a lot of things as as people I know friends of mine blue collar friends right I say hey who played uh, on the Pittsburgh Steelers in 1973 boom boom you know tell me every player and what they did but boy when it comes to who owns the Federal Reserve Bank, you, you get no blank stares. They don't even, they think it's part of the government. This is the answer that I get even from politicians. And they don't even know. They have and, no clue. Now, is there, is this, does this lend credibility to some people who are just crazy and say, I need more guns than ever because eventually the government's just going to tell me my money's nothing and they're going to start something new? Yeah, those are the collapsitarians. You know, they believe that the, <laughs> the entire system is going to cr crumble and they need guns and gold. Right. Um, and why wouldn't you? Right. But I see it as the people in charge of this system, they're not stupid. They know that if they crash it, we're going to be marching on Washington with pitchforks. Right. So what they do instead is they dilute. So imagine it this way. There's $15 trillion in money right now. So they add another $7 trillion to it, fix all the problems, and then we wake up with a dollar that's worth 60 cents and don't know what happened. So wait, well, there's only 15 total trillion dollars. Yeah, and $45 trillion in debt. So, That's, but there's only literally like sitting out 15, there in circulation. You know how bad trillion. it is? Let me tell you how bad it is. One tenth of one percent of that fifteen trillion is in gold and silver coins. Four percent is in paper money. The other ninety-five and change percent is all electronic. It's just a figment of money. 
This is the real. You're this is the real me. crisis. You're depressing me. So you're talking about like stocks and stuff. You don't actually have the stock paper. You're it's right. just you have an electronic account. Right. Yeah, so if electronic representation. So if everybody rushes to the bank and says, "Hey, give right. me my money." There's not There's so no way. If at any time we said, "All right, well, we're out of this," thing. and oh, and the other thing that I, I saw you talking about one time that was the uh, FDIC that everybody's so excited about. Right. Tell me why that's just kind of almost a joke. Well, I featured them in Uncle Sam Cooks the Books. When I wrote that book in 2003, I, I started with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and said, you know, they're going to bankrupt this nation. Right. And then I ended with the FDIC and said they are already technically bankrupt. And for that, I got a call from the FIC General Counsel. They said, <laughs> so, hey, but, look, but you please not say we're bankrupt anymore? <laughs> I said, well, you're out of money. You don't have enough money to cover your obligations. Well, but we have a credit line at the Treasury, and we can borrow against it any time we want. So we're not really bankrupt. So they can print as much fake money as they want yeah, at yeah, any time. Yeah. So that's what they mean by federally insured. That's right. But, see, but you're only federally insured uh, up to so much money out of that bank. Like if you had but they don't have 10 it, million, you'd be getting... You're not insured for that right. ten million. Is that the, and Andy, is that the same thing with the credit union uh, guarantor? Indeed, they're all the same. They raised the FDIC limit to two hundred fifty thousand, and many of us would be glad if we had two hundred fifty thousand in the bank that we were worried about. It's, it's basically a confidence issue. You know, they want people to believe this or not to go to the bank. They're asking for their cash. They're putting it under their mattress. They're burying it in the yard. Right. And and this is really the biggest fear that the Federal Reserve has. In a game of musical chairs, when you have 200 people and four chairs, <laughs> you can't have the music stopping. because so their biggest fear is people will just go, all right, I'm taking it out. Exactly. Give me my money. And if you look, there's a, a measure called money with a zero maturity at the St. Louis Federal Reserve. It has doubled in the last year. That's where people say, you know what, I don't care if I'm getting interest. I'm not as worried about return on principle as a return of principle. So I'm pulling my money out of my bond fund, my money market, my mutual fund, and I'm putting it in my checking account. And that is the setup, my friends, because once the Federal Reserve duplicates the existing money supply, you will see the value of the dollar plunge, and it will do so and wipe out about 30% of your purchasing power. Andy? Uh, Andy? I'm no fun at parties. You're, you're, the, you're the worst party guest we've ever right, had. I always bring a comedian with <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, Let comedian. me ask this question <laughs> now. Need to do that. You're saying the Federal Reserve, it's privately owned, right? That's what you said? Yeah, Federal Reserve Bank of New York is a privately owned institution. When, when did this happen? Or 1913. 1913, when we, when we officially unloaded that the gold thing, right? Well, no, no. You know what it was in 1913? Prior to that, you and I could start a bank. We put 10 $20 gold pieces in the vault. And I don't know about you, but if I've got ten twenty dollar gold pieces in the vault, I'm going to issue twenty twenty dollar bills. Right, <laughs> and that's what the bankers did. And a few of them even just after they issued the twenty twenty dollar bills, they grabbed the gold and left town. And everybody's money was different. You know, we right. start a bank, we put our pictures on it. Somebody else starts a bank, they put their pictures on it. So every time you left town and went to a different town, they'd look at your money like, "What the heck is this?" So they said, "Well, look, how about if we had a uniform currency that was good throughout the United States?" And to get rid of the charlatans, we'll pick one group of bankers, the preeminent guys of the day, and they're going to be the only ones that can issue the money, and they'll hold the gold. Sounded like a great plan. In fact, for the first five years, it worked smooth. <laughs> you, you took a Federal Reserve note from New York, and you went to San Francisco, put it on the counter. They'd give you the gold and silver coin. It was done. It could be transferred back into gold, right? Oh, yeah. It was, right. You know, you'd take the note in New York, go to San Francisco, Put it up on the Federal Reserve counter or any bank counter, boom, you get your gold coin. So it worked. The only problem is the crooks did exactly the same thing that the previous crooks did. They issued more money than they had gold and silver coin. And so by 1929, 
there was nothing left but notes. People were lined up outside of banks with their notes saying, where's my gold? And President Roosevelt said, close the gold window. Just tell you what, from now on, you Americans are not allowed to ask for the gold anymore. In fact, if you have any, you got to turn it into the Federal Reserve, which we did. And it, it went from $20 an ounce to $35 an ounce overnight. So Americans effectively lost almost Be- half of their purchasing power. Because the Federal Reserve all of a sudden got all the got all the gold back? They got all the gold back. Jeez. Oh, and that allowed them to reback their notes that, that were still outstanding. The banks reopened. And from 1933 to 1971, we as Americans were not allowed to ask for gold. We couldn't own it. We weren't allowed to touch it. Foreigners, they could own and, and transfer their dollars into gold, but we Americans couldn't. Finally, in 71, Nixon said, you know what, that's it. No one can ask for gold anymore. And from that day to this, we've gone from a $1 trillion money supply to a $15 trillion money supply in a 30-year period. And that's, wow. That's no, where we are. You do. You need to that? tell jokes every once I in a do, while. Yeah, you yeah. need to throw in a joke like, you know, <laughs> two guys walk into a bar joke right in the middle yeah, yeah. of this. So what is the hope here? I mean, what is the, uh, what is the idea to get I mean, people get involved, but then what? Okay, here's the, uh, the bright side. We need some of that, right? Yeah. The majority of Americans are in debt. True. So we're going to be paying our debts off with dollars that are worth substantially less than the ones we borrowed. So I guess that's a good thing. Right. But on the bad <laughs> side, any American who has actually worked and saved a few bucks is going to see them lose their value relatively quickly. Uh, we'll restart as an economy. We'll probably have another bubble or two, but it'll feel good. You know, it'll right. be stimulating. Right. It's just that the substance, the value of the money will erode. What can we do? Yeah. As on mass, you could try to educate yourself on the issue and tell your congressmen and senators, hey, we should nationalize the Fed. Uh, as individuals, hey, I'd get long gold. You know, I'm for me, I have 85% of my money in gold and silver coins. Really? Yeah, because I think that if, 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 there's no way that we're going to talk these people into doing the right thing. They're going to keep doing the wrong thing, and that's going to drive the price of gold a double again. You know, we went from 250 to 500 to 1,000, and now we're going to go to 2,000. Isn't that what they're talking about doing, though, nationalizing the banks and all no, that? And interestingly enough, they're nationalizing Citigroup. They're nation- they were talking about nationalizing the banks that own the Fed. So we'll have a few zombie banks that we end up owning in the <laughs> Treasury, but the power to issue money is going to stay with the Federal Reserve. We'll still have to borrow it from them. The only bank we should nationalize, Federal Reserve Bank in New York, take it over, get the power to issue money back in the Treasury, then we're going to be in good shape. Well, I'm completely depressed and my money's worthless, but I'm still going to spend it until they tell me. That's it's right. Not. It's not worthless. It's worth less. And that the joke there, you know, is, oh, if it's so worthless, send it to me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'll crumble it up, put it in a bag, and we I'll have, throw it away for you. Have fun and talk about yeah. Lincoln. No, and we will. We will. Yeah, we will. We'll get to that. Just, just, I mean, he's killed us all and, and everybody. <laughs> But he knows this is he goes around the country and makes everybody sad. Yeah, oh, my favorite right. my favorite uh, compadre that goes with me is Jackie the Joke Man Martin. Yeah, you you know? got to bring Jackie I, along. I bring with Jackie it. along. He takes care of the the light side. <laughs> and what's your website? I want people to know how they can contact you. Yeah, if you want to look, it's Andy Goss G A U S E. Think Santa Claus. Andy Goss G A U S E dot com. And uh, there's a full run of stuff there. Newsletters, information. You could educate yourself from that site. And then be able to to tell your congressman and senator what you really think. And Andy, you answered my question because I was one of my questions. I was interested in seeing how you felt on gold or how much gold did you're into that. Just well, you just it. said eighty five percent. Eighty five percent of my money. I tell people to put fifteen percent of their money in gold, but my own, 
I mean, I'm I'm convinced that this is a you're Goldman. Now, yeah. do, do, are you convinced this is this is the beginning of the end? No, no, no I'm okay, not good. a collapsitarian right, because that's the guy that says they're not going to do anything and they don't do anything, and and in fact the system collapses and we go to thirty cents on the dollar. I don't believe they have the guts to do that. Okay. But that's the thing about gold, though. Isn't a lot of the ownership of gold also an electronic? Yeah. Like the, stocks? Exactly. And, you know, the recent debacle with Stanford uh, uh. brings this to light because, you know, they're a company that does almost what we do. We buy and sell physical gold. So, like, if I say to you, I'm selling you this $20 gold piece, I, you actually put it in your hands. Right. What Stanford did is they said, we'll sell you this $20 gold piece, and then we'll hold it in our vault. For you, that's a mistake. Yeah, and that's and that's so. you? I mean, you know, don't do that. No. Yeah. So you need to find a place, a safety deposit, or whatever to store your own gold. You need it. You you get it physically. Yeah, that's the hook or the catch, if you will. You know, there's a catch to everything, and that is if you lose your gold, you've lost your money. So you better have a safety deposit box or a fireproof safe or some kind of deterrent in your home. Uh, don't just keep it in the sock drawer or, you know, leave it laying around. <laughs> Somebody steals it, you're done for. But you're not, there are no such thing as gold bars Well, and gold, like, coins. You, there are aren't coins. Yeah, yeah there's the coins. coins. There yeah. are the gold coins. Okay. Lawful, lawful money of the United States is what I recommend. There's a pre-1933 gold and pre-1964 quarters, dimes, halves, and silver dollars. That is the best way to, to buy this material. And that's the only thing legitimately worth anything. It's the what only money. Remember, in a game right. of musical chairs, that's the chair. And the actual gold and silver coins. And it's less than one-tenth of one percent of the total. I want to I keep you on for a little bit. Is that okay? We've got to take a break. But I wanted to ask you about the, uh, the um, what was I going to say? I forgot what I was going to say. The gold thing was, uh, damn it. Well, oh, no, the, the constitutional thing where the, the only thing that the government's allowed to do is stamp their own, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, Article 1, uh, Section 8, Clause 10. No state shall make anything but gold or silver coin a tender and payment of debt. And so technically because they're doing it, if I had payment to the government, I can just give them a note. That's right. And, you know, this is odd. While government doesn't have the power to do it, they say, well, we can delegate the power to issue paper money to a private bank, and we're not doing it. So, so I yeah. do, too. Well, yeah. Yeah, so I can write a note on a piece of paper when I owe taxes on April 15th that says, hey, guys, 15 grand coming for me. That's how money comes into circulation now. So if you write, I owe you 15 grand on a piece of paper, you can hand that to the Federal Reserve. They'll create 15 grand and loan it to you. Yeah, yeah, with interest. With interest, but <laughs> right. still. Well, yeah. So that right. would be stupid, then. Well, yeah, it's, but, well, it's stupid, but... No, uh, you look at a guy like Ted Turner, who managed to you know, control an entire industry because he was able to borrow in this fashion, or Donald Trump, yeah. you know, casinos, or, you know, this is newspapers, media outlets. The banks that own the Federal Reserve understand they need friendly people in all of those places, so they... Get one of their buddies and say, "Here, we're going to loan you enough money. You go out and buy every television station you can find." Is this is it this corrupt everywhere? Uh, well, you know, after World War One, we installed the, our banking system in Germany, and and then after World War Two, we went Italy, France, Japan. So yes, yes, and yes, and yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. So every it is. every country models theirs on ours. All right, I have a list of questions from people. Can you hang with us for a few seconds? I'd enjoy that. All right, yeah. cool. Hang on just a second there, uh, Andy. All right, there you go. See, I told you the dude was fascinating. I told you it was great. <laughs> Where can we get the gold? At? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, but we'll get to the other eBay. stuff. Too. But it is. It's just. It's just a, the whole. The whole shebang on this deal is educate yourself. It's a compliment. Andy sounds a little bit like Teller. 
Penn and Teller. <laughs> he does kind of, he's got a same Texas delivery. saying John Madden also, but yeah. whatever guy makes him, got gold doesn't want to give it to you. Whatever it's a, makes it more comfortable. Yeah, whatever. If it's John Madden delivering the message, it's still a weird new message that you you need to pay attention to. And if you want to go to his website, it's Andrew. Is it Andrew or Andy? Andy. Andy G A U S E dot com. You can check that out while we're waiting. It's ninety eight K U P D. Hear the words you say sometimes. I mean, who talks like that? Holmberg's morning sickness. All right, if you're just joining us, we're talking to uh, Andy. Am I saying his name right? Gauss? Andy Goss. Goss, that's right. I keep screwing up your name. Like Santa Claus. I keep screwing up your name. I'm sorry. I can't read. But you've got me all fired up, Andy. But uh, we're talking about money. And you're a, explain real quick, you're a money expert. You know all about, like, the bills, too. Well, yeah, I'm a monetary historian. I study Amer- the American money system. So when somebody tells me they have a dollar, I say, let me see it. <laughs> right. And that's not, one of, that's not a dollar. That's a note for a dollar. That's a claim for a dollar. That's an IOU for a dollar. I can get in a room with 500 people and say, does anyone in the room have a dollar? And inevitably, I'm the only guy with a silver dollar in my pocket. Everybody else the, has a paper note or a representation of money. And a fake note. And Eric was here off the air, and we were talking. He's like, you know, if Obama was smart, he'd just say, well, I'm just going to nationalize this. That's but, right. But how fast would he go down? Well, <laughs> let me put it this way. There have been four presidents in American history that have tried to take the money power away from the banks and put it back in the Treasury. Okay, here they go. Number one. The guy who originated it, Abraham Lincoln with the greenbacks. Okay? <laughs> Dead guy. Oops. Number two, Garfield. Dead guy. Number three, William McKinley. And number four, the most recent one, in the summer of 1963, the Red Seal United States notes were replacing Federal Reserve notes in circulation. John Kennedy died quickly after that, and his notes were withdrawn that December. All four of them? All four. Those are the only four presidents. That's just a coincidence. Have, yeah. Real, <laughs> and, you know, every, it seems like every time you mess with the money, some lone nut decides to kill you for another reason. Because of Cuba. Yeah, or, or Gateau and a disgruntled office seeker or whatever they, you know, however the characterization is, ultimately, the four presidents who have tried to do this have all met with a, an abrupt ending and their notes quickly withdrawn. Do you think when you ask somebody, say, hey, you guys want to go over to get some sushi or something, that they look at their wife and they go, Andy wants to go out. <laughs> are you are you at that level <laughs> yet? Yeah, are, are you still fascinating to your friends or are you the nutball? Uh, you know, I stopped talking about this uh, with my friends. In fact, all I do is here's my book and if you want to read it, go ahead. If you don't, <laughs> Leave me you know, alone. give it away. All right, we've got people all over the phone. And Andy, I want, do you walk around with one of those coin changers? Is that all you carry is <laughs> coins for money? <laughs> no, I just store my wealth in that. I still use paper money like everybody else. So when was the last real dollar printed? Uh, last real silver certificate dollar uh, that wasn't backed by debt was 1957. Uh, but the last silver dollar was struck in, in 19, uh, 1964. Actually, Kennedy struck the silver dollars, but wow. they, they withdrew those and melted them quickly. All right, people are just firing questions over. I'm just going to ask them. I'm just going to machine gun you. Ready? Go. Why is money green? Yeah, why not? Uh, you know, in fact, they're changing the colors. If you've seen the new fives and such, yeah. uh, Lincoln started with the greenbacks. And it's stayed that way ever since. They've resisted change because that would cause people to say, why'd you change the color? Oh, okay, so it's just convenience. They're kind of going euro on them. Yeah, uh, exactly. Why aren't we getting rid of the penny? Well, the penny, believe it or not, has a following that people, they wouldn't believe. Uh, 
in, in reality, they tried to eliminate the penny, and there was such an outcry that they left it alone. It was the American public that wants this worthless coin, believe it or not. Wow. Do you foresee the euro or some sort of new uh, North American currency replacing the dollar? In 1996 book, Secret World of Money, I talked about the idea of a world currency unit. Uh, it, just like Visa and MasterCard, though, we hate monopoly. So the, the three <laughs> currency units... Uh, will all be controlled by the same entity. I imagine you'll see a world financial authority and three primary uh, currency units, the, the dollar, uh, the euro, and a yet undetermined uh, Asian currency, probably the, the Chinese yuan, though. Really? Wow. So, and then they'll just combine into the same exact thing? Exactly, and the Bank of International Settlements or the World Monetary Authority, whatever they're going to call them, will be overseeing the whole thing, riding shotgun on the whole uh, banana stand. And that really leads us to a world monetary system where you know the power to issue money is firmly in the hands of those that control it well that's better then right well it's better in that it's easier to figure value but you know they can hide things by inflating all at once and, and this cooperation between these central banks if the yen and the dollar inflate yeah. at the same time, no one notices. It's a full worldwide monopoly. It is indeed. 85%, believe this or not, 85% of the world's trade right now is controlled and denominated in dollars. So we are dollarizing the world. And then, so, oh, wow. So wow, the, is 85%. That. 85, that's a huge number. So, and the, the euro isn't even, like, touching. It, it's no. not even making inroads. In 10 years, it hasn't managed to get an 8% market share. So, uh, and people are, I mean, credit to the KUPD listener, they're all over this thing with Andy. They're asking about Dubai because they've been reading about how they're building their own little gold standard to become the new currency that is the new 85%. That's right. You know, in 1993, I did an interview for the final call in which I talked about an Islamic dinar and the idea of a gold-backed currency originating in the Middle East and rising from the ashes and, and offering an alternative to uh, serious investors. This is going to get dramatic play, but I think like everything else, it's going to be quickly usurped by those powers that control. You know what? When, when 73, when the Arabs said to us, uh, the Saudis in particular, you know what? If you're going to close your gold window and not make gold convertible, we're not going to sell you oil for dollars anymore. And Henry Kissinger went over there and said, hey, nice kingdom you got here. Gee, it'd be a shame if it was overrun by Marines. Tell you what, <laughs> you start taking these paper dollars and we'll give you all the F-16s and Marines you need. And if anybody messes with you inside your country, we'll be right there. So like that deal that can't be refused, uh, the Saudis went along. And I think that uh, any effort to come out with a gold-backed currency in the Middle East will be quickly co-opted okay. and usurped. You said usurped twice now. That's Two times. All right, and the, no, I'm saying in the 30-year history of KUPD. <laughs> two times you surfed been yeah. there. Uh, somebody asked why there's an owl on the dollar. Yeah, in fact, that uh, wise old owl is in our logo as well. Uh, this is one of, the, uh, one of the, the basic symbols of, well, here we go, Illuminati, folks, if you've heard that word. <laughs> What's that? Uh, well, if you look also on that same money, you'll find the Novos Ordo Seclorum, New Order of the Ages. You'll see the pyramid with the all-seeing eye. All of this was plugged in after 1934 when, uh, when we effectively bankrupted this nation. So uh, this is all part of that conspiracy theory that uh, revolves around a secret society controlling the United States. The New World Order? That's them. Really? Yeah, look at your, look at your paper money. Look at your paper dollar. Read on the back. I only have twenties. All right. Well, if you look at if you look <laughs> I'm at I'm looking the, at a one right now. Look at the pyramid on the bottom. It says Novos Ordo Seclorum. Right. Now, new order of the ages. New world order. Wow. Right there.
The Great Seal. Wow. All yeah, right. right on our money, right? Right there on our dough. Uh, so uh, somebody says, uh, is it voluntary to pay income tax? Uh, you know, for those people who are employees who have Social Security numbers and who are under a duty to withhold, yeah, they have to pay uh, uh, income tax. You know, just like the baseball player, he joins the club. He has to follow the rules whether they're constitutional or not. Uh, the definition of income, according to the Supreme Court, is profit severed from capital. So if you buy something for a dollar and sell it for a dollar fifty, you made fifty cents income. But if you trade your labor, which is presumably worth something, for money, which is an equal trade, then you're not made a profit. You've not made a gain. You don't have any income. So no, you don't. Have, you shouldn't have to pay taxes on that. In fact, if you'll investigate, you'll find you don't have to pay taxes on money that you earn from your labor. You only have wow. to pay taxes on income, profit severed from capital. Are you one of those guys that UCC 120-7, whatever well, that thing, do you do that all over your no. everything you sign? The so Uniform they... Commercial Code does provide protection for those people who, who declare themselves outside of that purview. Uh, I don't use it because I'm clearly under a duty to withhold. I pay my income taxes. I file a W-2, uh, 1040 form every year. Uh, I'm a president of a corporation, so I'm right, so clearly an employee. So the UCC thing, though, that is, and I know that's something people dive into. That's getting real deep. But. Yeah, Uniform Commercial Code is an absolute uh, Bible to how commerce is conducted. And under the Clearfield Doctrine, the, the, the courts ruled that when the government, when the federal government, steps outside of its authority as government and starts acting like a business, then you treat them just like steers. You know, if they say they owe you, you owe them money, hey, prove it. And uh, that's really the basis of Uniform Commercial Code. So you just have to go through the BS of courts. Well, you got to go through the courts it. and enforce your rights. Because you know what? A belligerent demander of his rights in person is the strongest American there is. Listen to you. And why is Ben Franklin on the $100 bill? Uh, ben, you know, he started the, <laughs> the idea of paper money. We were doing fine here in the colonies till he went to England as a minister in the 1750s. And they said to him, hey, how come is it that we're in a Great Depression and you guys are over there prospering? He said, well, that's easy. We don't have a central bank. We issue our own money, and we pass it from hand to hand just whenever we need it. So if we want to build a road, we just print some money, hand it out to the guys that build the road, and then they pay it back in in the form of taxes. Well, Bank of England got wind of that, and that's how the revolution started. Wow. Not because of uh, tea, but because of the money, the inability. They made it illegal for the colonists to issue their own paper money. So Franklin yeah. was a... Uh, oh, wow. So he was the at first. the heart of all of it. And then the other stuff is like uh, Washington's on the one. That's obvious. The $2 bill. Why Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, what happened there? Well, you know, Jefferson reduced to the deuce. Uh, <laughs> in reality, he was a... <laughs> George Washington and Alexander Hamilton conspired at the beginning of this republic to bring us this first central bank. They called it the first bank of the United States. Jefferson was adamantly opposed, and he made his uh, views so well known on the subject that Everyone knows now that Jefferson and Hamilton were diametrically opposed. Right. Fact is, Hamilton is the godfather of the Federal Reserve, and uh, Jefferson is their worst critic. So he's got the ten. Yeah. Jefferson's got the That's two. The and Lincoln's thing about looking the other way. What is yeah. that? Well, he he looked the other way. You know, the deal that he made with the banks was okay. I'm going to issue greenbacks, but I'm going to let you guys issue money as well. So the National Bank Act even though he knew full well that they were going to be creating money out of thin air and loaning it at a huge profit, he looked the other way. And in exchange for our ability 
to issue money, he let them get away with it. So, so on the five, he, he is literally other, looking the opposite direction as everyone else. Yeah, that's right. And that's like inside, like, are they laughing at us? Uh, you know, it makes you wonder. Uh, I've seen some pretty strange stuff. If you just, the back, the symbolism on the back of the dollar bill suggests that they are laughing at us. Yes, indeed it does. Yeah. Isn't that weird? That's it awful. Is. Now, where, contempt is really a better way to put it. They have contempt yeah, yeah. for the American people. Uh, and I got I got a billion questions. Everybody can go to your website, and uh, it's it's Andy, G-A-U-S-E, uh, Goss like Kloss, right? Yep, dot right, com. There you go, dot com, and learn more about this, and just educate yourself. I mean, we've talked to you for 30 minutes. We've been... Unreal. Nice job, man. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much. I appreciate you getting the word out like this. Not a problem. Anytime. And uh, if you have anything else that we missed, let me know. Well, simply this. If anybody wants to know how to buy gold or silver coin, they can give me a call. 800-468-2646. I'll guide you the right way. All right. You're the man. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. There you go. Look at us. Talk radio. Screw you. <laughs> yeah. I just I needed to talk to that dude. I need a drink. I know I need a drink too. It's depressing, but I needed to talk to that dude uh, because that there's, is fascinating. There are those moments that I have where I think to myself, "Ah, they'll never do that to us." And then you start hearing like they, they literally They've are been doing. They're it to scoffing us. at us and have been for years, and we sit back and don't know. It's, well, it's figuring out who they are. And you're painted as it's just like in your family when you've got the crazy one, but it's Jose Canseco. Yeah, they paint him as the crazy. You. So everything you say is crap. When actually you are the biggest you're patriot. The, you're the biggest one saying, yep. hey, I'm right. Listen right. to me. And they're like, oh, he's nuts. Remember that time? And they're anti-American if yeah. you try to rise up at and all. And you rise up, you're crazy. They are right, though. There's well, still a lot of there crazies. are crazies, and too. And that's the confusing But thing. it's a broad brush. Yeah. Because right there, that guy will get the crazy tag by a lot of people. A lot of people that... Well, not yeah, if you try to go out and demand, uh, you know, nationalize the Federal Reserve or whatever, then you're going to be a crazy. The and four it, people again, that have tried. How you about can't, that? you know, this is what we're hearing from him and from right. what he found out, and you can't take that as absolute exactly. gold. It, 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 exactly. He's got great points. It's stuff you don't hear, but I'm sure there's a counterpoint to it. And it's from a bunch of crooked weirdos. Yeah, it is weird, though, because trying to rise up in this country now, you're painted pretty nutty. It's a land of opportunity. Yeah. How about that? Sorry about that. Wanted to learn you a little something this morning. What do you got? Once again, his website is Andy Goss, G-A-U-S-E dot com. Andy, A-N-D-Y, Goss dot com. There you go. And you can learn it on yourself. It's fascinating. Money's fascinating anyway. We all need it. We all want it. We all crave it. We all have it in common. So I'm going to go urinate a little bit and then wipe my eyes because I'm crying. It's 98. You've been listening to Holmberg's Morning Sickness. 98kupd.com. You've been listening to Holmberg's Morning Sickness Podcast, brought to you by our friends at Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat, ericsfamilybbq.com.